This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. Hallelujah. Welcome to this um, evening's online Bible study brought to you by Kingswood um, BC. Hallelujah. Amen. How's your week been? Hope it has been good. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, this is a new month, and uh, the last month of the year. And there are so many things to thank God for. So many things to thank God for. Thank him. Um, look back and just thank him. Yeah, maybe everything didn't go like you wanted me to. But I can bet you uh, there are things to be grateful for to God. There are things to be grateful for. It's, um, it's a culture you have to cultivate um, consciously. Consciously, you know. Um, we're in the world where people measure themselves by um, the success or the gains of some other people and they measure their own happiness they measure their own um, gratitude based on somebody else's success so if they they've not attained what that person has attained then um, there's a problem if they've not um, um, got into a height where the person has got into then they're unhappy why should someone else's success or um, achievement be the reason for your own unhappiness but funny enough it's, it's something we are expressing now um in the lives of many people um so I, I want to encourage you don't don't let that be your story right don't let that be your story try um don't try it's even a commandment from god and you know, rejoice always, I say unto you, rejoice. All right, praise God. Um, this is our fourth month of um, our online Bible study. So we've had a lot of time, a lot of time studying God's word, a lot of time um, feeding on God's word. Um, you, you can go back and listen to everything we've, we've talked about. We've talked about several things from fear to faith, several things. You know, in, in every... For every month, there are several other things in the theme of the month that we have to deal with. And I can bless you. I can, I can tell you, um, if you listen to them, you'll be blessed. All right, praise God. So this, um, today we have a, a topic. Praise God. Um, let me just share my screen as we do that. Um, we have a topic um, called Love Loves Me. If you've seen the flyer, you will most likely... Um, most likely I've seen it, right? So love loves me. Love loves me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, and amen. All right. Yep. So love loves me. What does it mean? You know, like I said in the post, um, a lot of us are looking for love in, the, in different places. People are looking for this kind of love. First of all, there are different kinds of love, right? Um, I don't want to go into all the Greek main definitions of love and all of that. But today's Bible study is very simple. Very, very simple. And it's to help your faith. It's to help your faith. Um, as we go along, you will see why I say it's going to help your faith. So um, some sometime, like in 2019... Yeah, about two years ago, and I was trusting God for, I was in faith for a few things to happen. And I normally have this camp where I go pray 
on my own. So, um, you know, I, I went, I went there, you know, so I, I went there to, to pray as I normally would. And I was just praying in tongues concerning this particular subject and matter. And, um, and the Lord told me something about my faith. He said, um, innocent, there are three things that would help your faith. Um, he said, number one, my love for you, my will in that subject or that matter you're trusting me for, and my power. You know, he said, these three things I feel help us. Now, I've, I've, ne- I've never, I've, at that time, I've, I've had top um, teachings in those areas, but I've, I've not seen them together like he told me. He said, every time you get to a point where your faith seems to be going down, your your belief is going down, um, you're struggling to believe me for something. He said, remember these three things. He said, my will in that matter, and you know I want to, I always want to, my love for you, and finally, he said, my power. So today we just want to look at one of those subjects. Maybe sometime next year, we're going to have a series on, um, I'll call it faith helpers, right? Things that help your faith. Um, it's going to be, it's going to help, right? Praise God. So he told me about love. He said, um, if you have faith in my love for you, you would believe your, your faith won't go down. And he told me, whenever your faith is going down, remember my love for you. Remember my love for you. So today, I just want to help. We just want to help someone's faith in, uh, in, is there a project? Is there something you're trusting him for, you're believing him for? And um, your faith is taking too long and you don't know what to do. You're praying, you're confessing. I just want to help your faith in that area. All right, let's just go. Love loves me, right? 4 John chapter 4, verse 7. Like I always say, for our online Bible studies, do not forget that it's an online Bible study. So what do we do all about? We read the Bible, right? You just don't talk. We just don't, um, we don't preach. We just, we read the Bible and allow the Bible to explain to us what it really means, right? So let's go. Father John chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. Let's start. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8. He that believeth not, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. You know, this is King James Version. We're going to read another translation. For God is love. So he, he that does not love does not know God. For God is love. Very important. So this is where we got um, the thing from. God is love. So when we say love loves me, is everybody saying God loves me? So if we take away God there, for God is love. So love, God is love. God is the definition of love. God is not um, just loving us, but he is the definition of love itself. And that's why I said many of us are trying to look for the kind of love God can give in different places. Many of us are trying to look for this kind of love in our spouses. And that's why sometimes we put on unnecessary pressure on your spouse, you know, almost at the point of manipulation. 
And you say things like, if you love me, you're going to do this for me. <laughs> if you love me, then you should do this. You should do that. Listen, love doesn't put pressure on someone else. I'll say it again. Love doesn't put pressure on someone else. If genuinely you love the person, and, you, and that's what God did in, in, in the Garden of Eden, you have to allow that person exercise his or her will. Even your spouse. Even, it's very important. It's, very, it, it's wrong to manipulate people to do things for you. It's wrong to use fear to manipulate people to do things for you. It's absolutely important that you understand this as a child of God. So for God is love. If God is love, then you can't find this love anywhere else. You can't. No matter how much you try, you can't. No matter how much you feel maybe um, your child loves you or um, your pets. You know, some, some people even believe that. They are, you know, some people don't even want to go into relationships with, with, with someone else. They want to give that love or receive that love from, from their pets. Your pet was never designed to love you the way God loves you. Oh, I, I, I don't, I can't trust people, but I can trust my pets. Believe you me, you can't trust a pets to that extent, to love you the way God loves you. Oh, pets are dependable. Well, maybe to an extent, to how much you've trained them. But I, I, <laughs> I want to say something here. That the best of pets can be manipulated spiritually. This is off off my topic. But if you remember the story about Jesus casting out the demons of the madman at Gandhara, the Bible says here that the the demons asked him, asked for his permission to go into the pigs, right? If you remember. And Bible says when they entered the pigs, they (laughs) they ran into the river and they all drowned. So it's, let me just say, it's possible. And that's why you see sometimes people have had pets for a long time and suddenly the pets turned against them. And you'll be wondering what happened. I've had this, they've had this pet for 10 years. They've had this pet for five years. What happened? Anything can be manipulated, trust me. Anything in this natural realm, in this part of eternity can be manipulated. And that's why you hear stories of, Oh, the dog attacked the baby, attacked the little boy and did this. But the the boy had been in that house all this while. What happened? A lot of times, just like the story of the pigs, right, of the swines in the Bible, a demonic spirit entered entered that swine. Well, I just wanted to say this. This is is off the chat, free of chat. Next year, we'll be going to ABCs of, um, okay, I I don't want to put the cat, let the cat out of the bag. But we're going to talk about these things a lot next year. So if you want to learn more about spiritual things, please um, get hooked to this channel. Okay, let's go to verse 9. And this was manifested, that the love of God towards us, in this was manifested, the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. This is very important. We should not live in our own strength, in our own ability, in our own righteousness, it says that because God sent his only begotten son, this love was manifested. Love of God was manifested towards us. How? How was God's love manifested? A lot of times people think that God's love is a feeling. 
Now, I'm not denying that sometimes you, you have that feeling of God's spirit around you. And sometimes it's just, you know, you just feel that, you know, that love, warmth of God around you. And it's, and, and, and it's good. And we all like that. And it's, it's, ne- it's necessary sometimes, right? But that is not the ultimate expression of God's love. It's not. It says here that God's love was manifested towards us because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, not through ourselves, not through our righteousness, not through our personal efforts. Hey, not through our personal effort to attain some level of holiness. No. This love, this love came that we might live through him. Verse 10. Hearing is, is love. Know that we loved God. Oh, I, I, I loved, whenever I think about this, um, I'm amazed at God. It says, not hearing Hearing his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see, everybody in the world is loved by God. I'll say it again. Everybody in this world, no matter the religion, no matter the race, gender, is loved by God. Now, this this might rock some people's boat, but that this is scripture. It's not my idea. It says here is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. You see, so. Anyone that has not lived, received this love, it's impossible for you to express such love. Oh, I, I learned this a long time ago when I first got born again, and I read a book by um, E.W. Kenyon, then on, on, on love, you know, and he opened my eyes. Look, you can't give what you don't have. Parents, you can't give love to your child that you don't have. Spouses, you can't you marry people, you can't give love to someone you don't have. You can't. It's, it's not see beloved. If God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. If you've not received this love, you can't give it. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Praise God. Let's 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 read another um translation, dear friends. Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Nice. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Anyone who loves is a child of God. And don't forget, this definition of love is not the human love. This definition of love can only be defined by God himself. Can only be defined by God Himself, verse 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God Himself is love. So if you've not received God through Jesus Christ, you don't have this kind of love. Oh, I'll say it again. If you've not received, 
if you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you don't have God in you. And you can't show this love. That's nice. God showed how much he loved us by sending us one and only son, his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, I like this. This is real love. How many of you, your only child, you're going to sacrifice your only child for people that don't love you? Bible says that when we didn't love him, he loved us. In fact, this, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take in our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we, utterly, we, we, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Is brought to full expression. So God himself is love. Love loves us. Oh, I'll say it again. Love loves me. Love loves you. God loves you. And if you understand this fact, your faith will be strong. It will be strong. Praise God. Hallelujah. 4 John chapter 4 verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has towards us. God is love. And he that dwells in love, dwells in God and God in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know, we know, we, we have known and believed. Do you believe the love that God has for you? And I said, the biggest expression of God's love is, of, is him sending Jesus to die for you. Is him sending Jesus to die for you. Have you thought about who, who in his right mind sends his only child to die for people that don't love him? To die for people that don't care about him? It doesn't make sense. Oh, it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense at all. And, and, that's, the, and that's the truth. The gospel of Jesus doesn't make sense. A lot of intellectual people want to break it down to understand it doesn't make sense and, and and we can't explain it look we can't explain this love that god has for us it's not explainable it's not explainable how do you love a people to a point where you're ready to sacrifice a life for them and you know they don't love you they don't care about you he says and we have known and believed the love that god had towards us god is love and he that dwells in love Breath in God and God in him. That's what the pastor's translation. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. Oh, hallelujah. And we trust in the love he has for us. God's love. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. An intimate experience. And we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. You must believe in the love that God has for you. If your faith is going to work, you must believe in that love. You must believe that in God. See, let me give an example. You're trusting God for, you're believing him for a, a new house, right? One of the things you must understand 
is that just imagine your natural parents. If your parents had the resources and they were without to help you to get that house, would your parent, no, don't even say your parent, you yourself, if you have a child that has, that is in need, would you give that child the necessary support? Not out of what the child has done, out of sheer love for the child. It's important you understand God's love for you because in your journey of faith, there will be stumbling blocks. There will be mistakes. And the devil is going to accuse you. He's going to say, oh, you didn't pray enough. Oh, you didn't fast enough. Oh, you didn't give enough. And if you meditate on those things, child of God, the probability of you getting results for your faith is slim. Absolutely slim. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's important. Very important. It's important. You know, people don't understand how um, important this part is to their faith work. They believe in confessing the word, declaring the word, praying, fasting. But I can tell you, the longer your faith project is, the, the tendency of your faith to win is higher. So if your faith project is um, two or three days, it's possible, yeah, you might not have that pressure. But if it's going to take a year, taking two years, the devil is going to throw thoughts at you. And one of the things that's going to help your faith is that God loves you. And if he loves you, then he's willing to do anything for you. John chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. And Moses, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, you know, eternal life. Oh, what, what, what a truth. What a truth. What a truth. For God so loved the world, you know, we all know the scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he who believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world. But that, that the world through him might be saved. I want to bring up something here. The gospel of Jesus is not a gospel of condemnation. I'll say it again. The gospel of Jesus is not a gospel of condemnation. A lot of times, there's a lot of focus on what the person has done wrong. That's not why Jesus came. Some people say, oh, uh, I, can't, I can't do this Christian life. I need to clear, you know, I need to leave clear out the dirty stuff before I, I start following Jesus. No. That's not the way it works. Receive Jesus and he'll help you clear out those dirty stuff. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Jesus is not sending anyone to hell. People are going to go to hell because of their own choices. Not because of what because Jesus sent them to hell. He said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So we should not preach condemnation. Because 
The father knows that in this flesh, we're all going to make mistakes. So he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him must be, might be saved. This is how much God loves us. You know, someone might say, oh, um, I did something last night, or I did something this morning, and because of that, I'm being punished. I'm being punished for what I did. No, sir, no, ma. I like saying this. God doesn't use the devil's tools to teach us a lesson. God did not send Jesus to condemn us. No, he's not the one condemning us. He's not the one. In fact, we're going to see later. Jesus is not the one condemning. His love is too much. It's too powerful to condemn us. The love of God is a saving love. It's not a condemning love. Love of God is to save, not to condemn. So if you're feeling condemned, it's not from God. No, it's not from God. No, it's not from God. Let's read um, a wonderful story in the Bible. And, and, and this story depicts a lot about what Jesus came to do. To illustrate the point for that, Jesus told them this story. It says, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want you to share. I want you to share my property, right? Before I die. We know the story of the prodigal son. Share your estate, share your wealth before I die. Before you die. So his father agreed to divide the wealth between the sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. <laughs> you know, we see that a lot. You know, a lot of people have money and they do all kinds of things. You don't know what there was a time I was reading the Bible, and the Bible says to the sinner. Um, you know, to the unbeliever, to the wicked, sin is sports, sin is fun, you know, and this, this, uh, and we've all been there, right, where we thought sin was fun, sin, and many times, people don't want to admit, but sin is sweet for the unbeliever, Bible says the pleasure of sin is for a while, so sin is sweet, and that's why it's enticing, it's enticing, there's pleasure in it, but Bible says the pleasure of sin is for a while, all right, he says this young guy took everything his father gave him and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. Wasted it, no investment, nothing. Praise God. I'm sure if any of us had seen this guy or had a chance to meet someone like this, we would blast them. We'll tell them you just wasted your dad's money, everything he gave you, you, you parted with it. Are there people that do this these days? Oh, yes. People indulge in all kinds of things. But God does not say condemn them. He doesn't condemn us. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve, right? He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him. Oh, God. This is a terrible state. But no one gave him anything. No one helped him. You know, um, the, the reality of, of life is men give up on men. I'll say it again. Men give up on men, but God doesn't give up on any man. Oh, glory to God. Men give up on men, 
But man, but God doesn't give up on any man. No, he doesn't give up on men at all. Bible says, young man became so hungry that even the poor he was feeding the peas looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. No one. Don't forget, Jesus is saying a story. No one can give you this love. No one. No one can give this love that God gives. Nobody. Trust me, nobody can. No one can come close. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. You can't find it in any human being. You can't find it in any drug. You can't find it in, in any form of lifestyle. You can't find it in anything else. Anywhere, anybody. In your pet, you can't. In luxury goods, a luxury house, you can't find this love. Verse 17. When he finally came to his senses, when he finally came to his senses, and this means a lot, you know, meaning that people that, 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 that run away from God are not thinking straight. No, you might think you're smart. You might think you're intelligent. You might think you have everything all together. But you are not in your right senses. Because no one in his right senses refuses the love of God. No one. No one. <laughs> no one in their right minds dares to refuse God's love. And when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the higher servants have good food. Good, good enough, have food enough to, to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I like this pastor. So I put it in red. It says, I will go to my father and say, and say, Father, <laughs> I have sinned against, <laughs> I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against my family. I've sinned against everybody. I've sinned. And I'm no longer worried to be called your son. I'm not worried to be called your son. Please take me. This guy was hungry. So hungry. He had seen the other side of life. He, he, had, he had, oh, glory to God. And this is where many people are. Even Christians. We have dropped from the place of sonship to just being servants. But that's not the best of God's love. Because of things we've done, the mistakes we've made, we feel that in the eyes of God, we have dropped from the place of sonship to just mere servants. And we are okay. Okay just to be the servants. You have just enough to eat. Oh, just enough to eat. Just enough to wear. Just enough to live by. And just have a little to spare. And just have a little to spare. Child of God, that's not God's best. No, that's not God's best. Glory to God. That's not God's best. So he turned, he, so he returned home to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion. Filled with love and compassion. Filled. This is how God sees us every time. Every time he sees us 
It is through the eyes of love and compassion. Nothing else. Nothing else. I'll say it again. Nothing else. There's no other way God sees you. He always sees you through his, the eyes of love and compassion. The, every time God looks at you, it's always through the eyes of love and compassion, not condemnation, not rejection, not punishment. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worried to be called your son. Oh, but his father said to his servant, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been, we have been fattening. Imagine the calf that they've been fattening. They were ready to slaughter this calf for this prodigal son. This guy that ran away with everything, spent it all, and came back. The father was ready to kill the fattest calf in celebration for his lost son. We must celebrate with a feast. For this, for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. Wow. He was dead. But I thought, the, I thought the boy was in front of him. I thought the, the boy, the boy never literally died. But to the father, he was dead. But had returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. So the party began. So the party began. So the party began. Who parties because of a wayward child? Who chose a party because of a wayward child? Who chose a party for an irresponsible child? Who does that? God. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Who does that? God. Who does that? God. Who chose a party for an irresponsible child? God. Who chose a party for a wayward child, for a wasteful child? God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is how much God, how much God loves us. How much he loves us. The Lord chose a party for an irresponsible child. I, I know for some of us that are very religious, it's difficult for us to understand. But it's in the Bible. And it's there, it's, it's, it's there black and white. In fact, I put it in red. Jesus said this, right? <laughs> Glory to God. Who chose a party? Who chose a party? If, if you understand this, your faith will be strong. Even when you make mistakes in life, your faith will be strong. You know that God is for you. You will know that God is for you. God is on your side. He's on your side. For this son of mine was dead. And has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Hallelujah. God is parting on your behalf, child of God. He's looking at you through the lens of love and compassion, not condemnation. Love loves me. Oh, love loves you. He can't help but love, but love you. He can't help. Glory to God. Oh, I'll say it again. Who chose a party for an irresponsible child? Who chose a party 
for a wayward child that left the house and came back? Only God. God does. Praise God. Hallelujah. God does. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time, when we are still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, see, Christ did not die for the righteous. <laughs> I'll say it again. Christ did not die for the righteous. He did not. The Bible says, you see, at just the right time, NIV version, when we were powerless, Christ died. We couldn't help ourselves. You see, Christ did not die for us in a good state. When we were in a good state. No. He died for us when everything was wrong with us. Very, very rarely anyone die for a righteous person. Who dies for a righteous person? It's rare. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Right? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. This is God's love in demonstration. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, he died, he died for us. He died for us without a guarantee that we're going to respond. There was, no, there was no guarantee that we're going to respond to his love. But he died for us anyway. While we were yet sinners, when we were still ungodly, when we didn't know anything about him, when we were still partying and doing the wrong stuff, Christ already paid the price for us. There was no agreement between man and God that God, if you send your son to die for us, then we will turn to you. There was never an agreement. Never. Not at any point in time. There was no agreement. God himself chose to take this decision because of his love. Oh, hallelujah. I'm loved by God. Oh, I'm loved by God so I can believe him for anything. I'm loved by God so I know I'm going to succeed. I'm loved by God so I know I'm healthy and strong. I'm loved by God so I know I'm prosperous and have a sound mind. Because I'm loved by God. It's important. It's important that you have this truth in your system. You have this truth in your soul, in your spirit. That you are loved by God. That while you did not know him, he already died for you. Glory to God. Listen to that 5 verse 4 to 6. Let's bring this to a wrap. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You are falling from grace. Maybe want to help themselves. You know, people say, oh, People say things like, oh, um, I can attain... I can attain a status with God my own way. Oh, Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way. I'm the way. There's no other way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Oh, Jesus is the way. He says, you have, caught, you, you have been cut off from Christ. You are falling from grace. If you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, through your own means, you can't attain a child of God. But we will live by the Spirit, eagerly are which we receive by faith. The righteousness God has promised to us, verse 6. For we were for we place our faith in Christ Jesus. 
There's no benefit in being circumcised or, or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Faith worked by love. You see, once your love, once your understanding of God's love for you is there, your faith is strengthened. You are able to get results with your faith. It's stronger. And that's what God told me that day. It's stronger. Many people are failing in their faith work because they don't understand the love that God has for them. They are still trying to attain with God. They are trying to attain. Am I saying you won't do anything else? I just fold your hands and say, oh, um, Kassara, Sarah, whatever it will be. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying your faith is not in any of those actions. Your faith is in God's love for you. Your faith is not in those actions. You are doing them in faith because you know God loves you. Let me read Romans chapter 8, verse 4 to 8. As we we begin to wrap up. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man, earthborn, that you you care for him. God cares for us, child of God. Oh, he cares for us. He cares for us. That's a different story entirely. You know, in fact, the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, the Bible says, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink. For your heavenly Father in heaven knows that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. So God cares for us. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. He cares for us. That's fine. Yet you have, you made him but a, loo, a little lower than God. A heavenly being. You have crowned him with glory and honor. This is God talking about man. You made him to have dominion over the works of, of your hands. Imagine. God put a being he created to have dominion over the works of his hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. Yes. The beasts of the field. The birds of the air. The fish of the sea. And whatever passes along the path of the sea. This is how much God loves man. Cares for him. That he put him in dominion. Over everything on the earth. Come on, you are loved by God. Yeah, things will not be working well. But if you know that God loves you, your faith will be stronger to put everything in, under your feet. To put things in control. To put things in check. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I'm sure you know what everlasting means, right? Not not ending forever, infinity. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I have drawn you. I have brought you to myself. You see, God, God, gets our, God gets our attention by the love he shows us, not by calamity. Many people think that when things go wrong, God is trying to get the attention. Not true. Not true. I do not believe that with all my heart that God uses evil to get our attention. No, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. For any reason, he doesn't. Bible says here, he has drawn us with unfailing kindness. So the way he gets our attention, the way he pulls us to himself is through kindness and love. So if things are not going well, it's not God teaching you a lesson. 
It's not God trying to bring the consequence of your actions. No, the devil has a job description and that's his job. He does nothing else but bring condemnation. He does nothing else but bring punishment and adversity. That's his job. That's not God's job. God's own part is to draw you with unfailing kindness. It's to get your attention. It's to bring him to himself with love. So then explain to you, if God wants to draw your attention, he's going to bless you. How many of you remember the story of Jesus and, um, and Peter, right? The Bible says that what, after Jesus uses Peter's boat, what happened? The Bible says he told Peter, cast your nets. And they had a groundbreaking, <clears throat> groundbreaking testimony. That's how God gets our attention. He gets our attention with love and good things. Not with evil. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future hope and an expected end. This is how God thinks towards us. And I just told you that the Lord doesn't use <coughs> evil to draw our attention. No. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. So this is how he thinks. This, this is God's mindset. Oh, how do I get innocent attention? It has to be through peace, not evil. To give you a future and a hope. In God, there's a future. Maybe in the world, there's no future. Maybe in the world, there's no hope. You know, many people have lost all hope. Especially from last year, COVID, to this year, everything has gone upside down. But I announce to you today that there's hope. Child of God, there's hope. There's hope in God. There might not be hope in your job. There might not be hope in your business. There might not be hope in your family. There might not be hope anywhere else. But in Christ, there's hope. There's hope. Hallelujah. Psalm 103, verse 3 to 5. Who forgives all our iniquities? Who heals all our diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who does this, God? You know, this phrase is, 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 is staying with me. Who does things like this, God? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tenderness? I've told you. This is how God gets our attention. is with love. And tender message, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the ego? God forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. Only love can do this. This is God in action. Anything outside this is not God. Anything outside forgiveness, healing, prosperity is not God. Destruction is of the devil. What the Bible says, Jesus said, the thief commit to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So anywhere you see killing, sin, and destruction, you know it's of the devil, not God. Not God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The pastor's translation says, so now the case is closed. Oh, hallelujah. When I said I was excited. Say, so now the, the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. There is no condemnation. 
Oh, I did this when I was a teenager. There is no condemnation. Oh, I did this when I was an adult. Maybe that's why I'm going through this. There is no condemnation. Oh, I made some mistakes. That's why I'm going through this financial hardship. Oh, there is no condemnation. Are there consequences because of we're on the earth? Oh, yes. But is let me give a, a good example. You're driving, right? And you go past the red light. And the policeman is there. What happens? He stops you. He gives you a ticket. That is a natural consequence. That's not God doing that. That's a natural consequence. Right? That's a natural consequence. But God is not the one bringing that consequence. It's not God. God is not going to judge you. Because... For a lot of us, the things that bother us are not things that men can see. They're internal. Sorry, they're internal. The, our concerns and our worries are all internal. They're not external. The battles of the soul are all internal. The condemnation, the rejection, the tiredness, the, the burnout, the, the lack of hope, the inferiority complex are all internal. Internal. Sorry. And most of the times, maybe we didn't take an action. Maybe we lost something. Maybe we abused something. The Bible says, so now the case is closed. There is no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union. There is no accusing voice. That case is closed. Oh, I had an abortion when I was much younger. And maybe that's why I don't have a talk. That case is closed. Hallelujah. That case is closed. That case is closed. It's closed. That case is closed. Oh, I'll say it again. Case closed. Case dismissed. Oh, you don't understand, in a sense. What I did then was so... Listen, a lot of times people feel that they have to express what they were for people to see the gravity of what God saved them from. Child, <laughs> child of God, maybe to a natural man, oh, it might amaze them. But to God, case closed. To God, it doesn't matter how bad you were. You see, see nothing is greater than the sacrifice of Jesus for you. Oh, glory to God. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting excited. Nothing is as great, is so powerful. No atrocity, no, ad, no, no, no evil you committed is bigger than the power in the blood of Jesus to take care of it. It's impossible. So case closed. So case closed. Oh, I used to do drugs. And now maybe that's why I'm going through this. God is punishing. I'm suffering. No, case closed. I don't want to hear all the story. I'm saying this because sometimes people feel that until they express all of that, you know, to give validity to their testimony. No, the validity is that you receive Jesus. The validity of your testimony of the redemption is that you receive Jesus. That's all. I don't need to have a biography of your past. I don't need to have a, a, a memo of, of what things you've done. No. The blood of Jesus is greater. 
is greater, 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 forever greater. Hallelujah. And it's forever powerful. It's forever powerful. So whatever the enemy brings against you, if you have thoughts in your mind, thoughts of condemnation, open your mouth and say, case closed. <laughs> case closed. The devil brings the thoughts of things you did in the past. And maybe that's why you're having this hindrance. You're having this, this, this obstruction, this obstacle of you. Scream to yourself and say, case closed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy today. Case closed. Case closed. Oh, he's bringing thoughts. Oh, I used to do drugs when I was much younger. Maybe that's why I'm having health issues. The Lord is punishing me. No, case closed. Case closed. I used to be a robber. I used to steal. And that's why things are not working out for me. The sins of my past, the sins of my forefathers. No, case closed. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Case closed. So now the case is closed. Woo! You are free to win. You are free to succeed. You are free to walk in victory because the case against you is closed. Oh, God loves you so much. So much, so much, so much. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Case closed. Case closed. You know, as I'm here, I'm just trying to, you know, some thoughts are flashing about my past when I was much younger, when I was a non-believer. And I said to myself, case closed. Woo! Glory to God. I'm a new man now in Christ Jesus. No case. No case. The case is closed. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's run. Praise God. The case is closed. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. I think it's my last scripture for today. He who did not spare his son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely Oh, oh my goodness. Freely give us all things. Freely. I had a dear man of God say something one time. You know, and I like to give him credit for this story. His name is Reverend Femme Duoli. He said there was a time when he was, when he just got married and he was supposed to go for a meeting and his car broke down. So his father-in-law called him and asked him, how, how are you doing? And he said, um, blah, 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 but I want to go for a meeting and my car broke down. And so that father-in-law asked him to come to his house and pick up his 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 um his car and go for the meeting. But he felt reluctant. How can I go pick up my father-in-law's car and go for the meeting? Now, if you're not from Africa, you may not understand how these things work, right? We expect a lot of that. And he didn't want to. And father-in-law says, father-in-law says, I've never forgotten the story of my life. He said, When you came to take my daughter, you were not shy. Now you want to come up. Now I'm actually come and pick up my car. You are feeling shy. Which one is more important, the car or my daughter? Child of God, if God did not spare His Son for you, is there anything you are believing Him for today that He will not give you? Oh, glory to God! Is there a request that is bigger than the sacrifice He gave through His Son Jesus? says, if he who did not spare his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Let's run through this. I want to read the natural section. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died? And furthermore, also reason, who is even at the right hand of God? Who makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress 
persecutions, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. Let's read. <laughs> oh, for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure. Jesus is God's greatest treasure. And since God, <laughs> his son Jesus, and since God freely offered up a sacrifice for all of us, his son Jesus, can God now withhold, will he withhold? Will the Father withhold from us anything else he has, he has to give? Remember the story I said, if he can give up Jesus, is it a home he will not give you? Is it a child he will not give you? Is it a house he will not give you? Is it a job? Is it your house he will not give you? If he gave you the biggest thing he had, oh, Jesus, glory to God. If he gave you the biggest thing he had, Everything else is in Jesus. In fact, the Lord translation says, when he gave us Christ, he gave us all things together with Christ. Glory to God. I'm so excited. You see, when you notice your faith is strong, oh, don't let your faith go down, child of God. That request is not too big for God to meet. Hallelujah. Don't let your faith go down. Let the scripture strengthen your faith. If he gave you Christ, will he now, now give you all of that things freely? Verse 33, when, who then dares to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. Not guilty. Hallelujah. Case closed. Remember, case closed again. Case closed. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Case closed. The devil's report over me, case closed. <laughs> His plans over me, case closed. His challenges and obstacles, case closed. I'm a victor. He says in 34, who dare is left to condemn us? Send me not Jesus, the anointed one. For he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, enthroned by God at the right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he's continually praying for our triumph? Woo! This is the love of God. Verse 35. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Who? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Nothing can stop God from loving us. It's too late. God has crossed that line. He can't go back. He's intoxicated with the love he has for us. He's helplessly in love with me. Troubles, pressure, problems, unable to come between us. And heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, danger? So no matter what we go through, death. No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, I'm almost brought to tears. They are, they are impotent. The challenges are important. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. The storms are important to hinder us. The storms are important. Child of God, the challenges are important. Oh, They are important. I don't care how many they are. They are important. I don't care what you are going through. Trust me, child of God. That challenge is important to diminish the love that God has for you. Oh, I don't care the mistakes you made. Case closed. Case closed. Case closed. Not guilty. 
The verdict is not guilty. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. The steadfast love of God never cease. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For they are all important to hinder omnipotent love. Nothing hinders omnipotent love. Nothing. See, when you understand this, you are free. You become light. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You become light. The worries go. The depression ceases. The fatigue dies. The sickness leaves. Oh, glory to God. You are free now, said the Spirit of God. You are free. Oh, Jatabaya, so pray the giddy. What love the Father has towards us. When love loves us, we can always win. We will always win. When we understand that love loves us, we walk in victory all the time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I can stay in these moments for a long time. Thank you, God. Love loves me. What can separate us from this love? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That brings us to the end of um, Bible study for this, for today, and for this year. Praise God. Um, most likely, we're going to resume in January for a new online Bible study. Praise God. Uh, we're going to start a new series. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to go read up. Um, go through all, sorry, go through all the messages there on audio, uh, on Facebook. Send us a mail. Go through them. Praise God. We're going to come in January better with new stuff. Trust me, if you follow us on this journey, you're going to grow spiritually. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you. And I pray for you that as you celebrate um, this festive season, you and your loved ones are protected from evil. In the name of Jesus, the hand of God rests upon you and your home. The angels take charge over you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Bye. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswoods International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswoods International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswordbritishcolumbia.com. That is kingswordsbritishcolumbia.com for more teachings. God bless you.